Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. And me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. There are endless podcasts out there on dating, but we didn't feel any of them really reflected our own experiences as two single ladies in our 20s navigating the murky waters of dating today. And that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love. This week, we are thrilled to welcome journalist, broadcaster and sex educator, Alex Fox. Welcome, Alex. Hello, my love. I hope you're feeling so joyous today that it's like you ate a bowl of a muesli for your breakfast. I love that. <laughs> a muesli. I've never heard that before. It makes me think of in Friends where um, <laughs> Monica serves Chandler on a moose-bouche and he goes, it is amusing. <laughs> I'd like to see an moose-bouche crossed with a mighty bouche. I think that would be my yes, ideal kind of dinner good. party snack. Very good mashup, that. Very good mashup. Yes. Anyway, we're thrilled to have you. Livy, how's your week been? My week's been good. I basically announced on the podcast that I was going on a dating sabbatical a few weeks ago. It has and? been short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> I am back on the apps. I'm going on dates. I'm getting back out there. Your butt all the... is off the sabbatical yeah. and back in the dating sabbatical. Sabbatical. Yeah, very that's good wordplay. Very good. I'm very impressed. I'm a fan of a pun. It's I almost like, like pun. pun Tourette's with me. They come out even before I've decided they're going to happen. This is going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> it might be, be one of fun. the reasons I'm single, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. If a guy doesn't appreciate a pun... That's not good. What puns, about you, Rach? Buns, guns, bring them on. Oh, there's so many. of them. <laughs> uh, it was interesting you mentioned the dating sabbatical thing because I've decided I'm going to do dating app free April. I'm going to try and give up dating apps for April. But yeah, so what's been happening over the past week? So mm, remember the, I've mentioned this before, the guy who went on a date with and he threw up on the date and then he's still messaging me and I thought I'd successfully fizzled him out by like gradually, just like I didn't want to really tell him I didn't want to go out with him again. I just sort of was hoping I could just sort of gradually reply slow and slow until he got the hint and I thought he got the hint. But then he messaged again. So now I'm like, ugh, how do I play this now? And then I've had that. So also harking back to a few weeks ago, you may recall uh, listeners who are very loyal may recall <laughs> I dated a guy for, a, I went on three dates with him and then decided he was a fuckboy. Well, it had been two weeks since that all fizzled out. Now that did fizzle or so I'd thought. And then I decided, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just going to message him. And so I messaged him being like, um, I've just kind of been wondering what happened here. And he went, yeah, I was actually wondering the same thing too, actually. It seems like we both went quiet after that night. And I said, well, I got the impression you weren't so keen anymore. And he said, get ready for this. And I quote, ha ha, yeah, well, I guess it is what it is. Makes no sense. But then followed with, but hey, how have you been? What have you been up to? Anything exciting? That's why he's a fuckboy. He's still a fuckboy. Yes, I feel like this is classic fuckboyery. My brow is so furrowed right now that <laughs> I feel like if I rubbed my finger against it, it would make a percussive sound. That That is deeply unclear. Right? Yeah. So I've got confusing. That are less opaque than that <laughs> statement. Uh, th that's, 
uh, so deeply aggravating. I think I'm coming out in a rash. Mm. I'd be really put off by that. Either you're into seeing somebody mm -hmm. or you're not. I don't understand why people play those games because they're not even fun. Why not just state what it is that you want? Mm. You know, if you want to be friends, fine. If you want to go on and do exactly. another date now. But exactly. So it's, it's the most mixed of signals. Mm. So I think I need to just sort of leave it. It's a waste of your time. Yeah. Yeah. I think Alas, we mm. move on. We move on. So we want to kick off today with talking about this very interesting super drug survey. Actually, I should probably caveat this whole episode of saying this is a very sexy episode. It's going to be all about sex, all the juicy good stuff. And um, we know Alex is going to be our perfect guest for this. Well, I am up to my elbows in sex like a vet is usually up to his elbows in cow or her elbows in cow. Um, I don't. I guess a lot of listeners won't have heard of me. but um, Yeah, do you want to tell, tell the listeners a bit more about yourself? I'll try and keep it as short and sweet as possible. Um, I work as a, an ambassador for young people's sexual health charity, Brooke. Um, I represent a number of uh, sexual health brands like One Condoms and I'm Sexpert Superdrug. I uh, write for a load of different publications. I am an in-house agony aunt on a podcast called The Modern Man. Uh, and I am also about to start a sex, a very graphic sex comedy show with BBC Radio 1 called Unexpected Fluids. Uh, with Can't Rhea wait K. for that. I'm really excited so, for that. Thanks. I basically spend so much of my time talking about other people's genitals <laughs> Great. Uh, that I barely have time for my own, really. Oh, shame. You've got to prioritise your own as well. I should. I, I'll give my flump, my foof, more love in future. <laughs> so, okay, so this is really interesting, the fact that you've just mentioned those lovely words because we want to kick off with talking about... Um, this really funny super drug survey which found out the nation's most used names for sex. Now, I'm going to run through these. Number one, hanky-panky. We've all heard that. I don't use it myself. I don't use it. I think I it's a bit middle-aged. I'm surprised it's the most common. Mm. I agree, it's a, bit, it's a bit a generation gone by. The survey, I think, chatted to about 2,000 Brits of quite a wide age group. Yeah, so yeah, it might have yeah. been the, the slightly more ancient ones. Hanky-panky reminds me of Madonna. Yeah. Because of the, the song in which she oh, references sure. that very phrase. Well, that's interesting because number two is Getting Lucky, which just makes me think of that song, Get da Lucky. Yeah, Daft Punk. Again, I don't think I would use that word. Unless I was you get lucky. It's just unless so I was cringe, trying to be ironic. <laughs> number three, fooling around. See, that to me, just think that, that doesn't necessarily mean sex. You can <laughs> fool around with someone mm. and it's not sex. Canoodling. Exactly. Fumbling. Well, this is a bit like number four, special hugs. I think number four, I think some of these may have been um, answers given by parents when they there were talking about the codes words that they used in front of children. That makes sense. And when I was chatting about this uh, online recently, someone said, oh, I think it's disgraceful. Um, adults should use the proper clinical terms mm. for uh, sexual parts and sexual behavior in front of their children and, and teach them the correct mm. terminology. I totally agree with that, but I also don't think that every time parents or indeed any adult want to sort of flirt with each other and, and try and maintain their relationship I don't think everything has to be a teaching Clinical. moment for their kids no. yeah, which suddenly turned into a, a lesson on loving when really they just wanted to yeah. boff each other yeah exactly <laughs> it's not always sexy is it Okay, so here's the number five in this list I've literally never heard and I don't even understand how's your father? Now that is old. 
Owls, come for a little bit of owls, your father. <laughs> it's creepy though, isn't it? Is that how you use that? Is, if you say sentence? anything in that kind of voice, it could mean sex. That is my sex voice. <laughs> Seductive, like, really. Come into my bedroom. Have a look at me cooch. <laughs> Again, this may be why I'm single. <laughs> How's your father? I'm still baffled by it. Anyway, I don't know where that phrase comes from. I'm not sure the etymology of it. I don't want to think about No, the more you think about it, the more it weirds you out. It's a bit incestuous. I don't like it. No, dad should just never be part of that. Number six, dip the wick. I quite like this one. I quite like it. Hmm. I've just been dipping the wick. Sorry, I was a bit late. (laughs) But is that how we'd use that? I'd be like, did you have your wick dipped? (laughs) Did someone dip their wick? When was the last time your wick was dipped? (laughs) I think it's the fact that it's dip and wick could be How many dips are too many dips? No, but dip and wick is a bit like how people can like merge my names, Rachel and Hosey, and call me Rosie. Dip and Mm. wick, dick. Yeah, I see Mm. how you got there. I think it comes from candle making, which I I like gives it kind of an artisan, crafty mm. vibe to yes. your love making. Yeah. I, I'm not just shagging. I am creating a, a, a piece of a beautiful, mm, lovely. creativity. Sex could use some artisanal connotations, I think. Mm, yeah, lovely. Brings it up a bit. <laughs> Number seven, adult nap time, which is very similar to my personal favourite, which is grown-up sleepover. I always say to my friends, did you have a grown-up sleepover? Nice. That's my... my uh, Word preferé. See, that one gives me, because I uh, often speak to people with fetishes and and kinks, adult nap time is a bit too close to adult nappy for me, which reminds me of adult babies, which is A-OK if that's your thing. But pissing in a pampers isn't personally my my number one turn on. Interesting. So number eight, we have putting D in V. Which is I I I think it's quite all right, but I I sometimes use a sim. I always sometimes say P and V, because that's that's again maybe more clinical. I prefer penis to dick. I am not- <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny sentence. Oh Christ! <laughs> I think it's a very heteronormative phrase, but yeah, I'd say True. P and V. Yeah, exactly. I'd say P and V. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Someone's going to snip that up and, like, mock me for life. Oh, God, don't talk about snipping oh, up dicks. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. Number nine, knocking boots. Don't get it. My personal favourite, which is not on this list, boning. Quite well, like I it. don't like boning. No? <laughs> I quite like bone boner bones because of their uh, rhyming capabilities. Yeah. I see Call them mean. on the phone, arranged a bone. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the Did rhyme is nice. phone boning. Boning, boning. Okay, right, we're done here. <laughs> I have, oh, this is a kind of a horrible story. Um, Go on. But you know Bongella? Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes use the phrase Bongella because I um, I was chatting to somebody who has vaginismus, which is a condition where, uh, where the, the, the muscles of the vagina clamp up mm. really tightly and they make penetration with anything from a finger to a tampon to a penis really, really difficult. Yes, I've written about this, actually. It's more common than people think. And it it's is. crippling for women. It, the good news is it, for most people, is treatable, although it's you, not fully understood. How do you get it? Uh, it's still, again, it's not fully understood. Right. For a lot of people, it's uh, there is a traumatic root. So something has happened to them or for some, um, maybe as children, they got it into their heads that growing up and becoming an adult was frightening in some way. And so their body had a response of... Well, um, I mean, it, it does make sense, really. When we're nervous or stressed, all our muscles tense up. Mm. And sometimes 
the vagina does that if you're worried about something. For it sure. It just doesn't know when, it doesn't let go. It doesn't let go when the tensing has stopped being useful. Um, but there can be all sorts of reasons. It's still something that um, is underrepresented in science, unfortunately. But mm. I'm glad you're writing about it. This um, lady, who I'm very glad to say is now making exceptional progress, she saw a, a therapist called Sarah Berry, who's spectacular in that in that particular uh, treating that particular problem. Um, but prior to that, she'd been doing a bit of googling to try and find out stuff that would help her, and she'd found someone who was putting Bongella up inside her vaginal canal mm. in an attempt to numb the pain of oh vaginismus. So, wow. so we now joke about it and call it bone jella. Uh, as a sort of way of uh, softening <laughs> like what, what used to be quite a, quite an upsetting tale, I suppose. Gosh, bone jello. Oh. Nice. Do not do that. No. Not advised. <laughs> do not try this at home, kids. Oral cavity, not any other cavity. <laughs> <laughs> so, Livy, what are we talking about this week? So, this week we are keeping all things very sexy. We're going to talk about the contentious issue of period sex and whether... It is still as taboo as people think it is. It's not really something that people talk about, but it is something that a lot of people are doing. And then we're also going to chat about first-time sex etiquette and whether there are any kind of rules. And when we say first time, we don't mean when you lose your virginity. We have another episode on that. We do. We mean the first time you have sex with someone new. Yeah. But first, shall we do a a bio of the week? Yes. So this is a bio of the week that I found that probably works better when you read it than when you hear it, which is not great for a podcast, but I'm going to explain. (laughs) So, Connor24 would try to woo you with my herb and fish jokes, but this probably isn't the time or the place. Now, the clever ones amongst you will probably realise that time is spelt as in the herb and place is spelt as in the white fish. I love that. That really made me laugh when I actually read it. I know, for the the pun lovers Mm. amongst us. I'm grinning so wide that you <laughs> see my wisdom teeth here. That'd probably work mm. on me. I swiped right. It was not a match. Yet. Alas. True. Right. From puns to period sex. Ooh. Now, I have been so looking forward to this discussion because whenever I talk about it with my girlfriends, the consensus we always tend to reach is that we find that as women, we're more conscious of the fact of, of not wanting to have sex on our period than men are, be they boyfriends or people were seeing casually or one night stands it from the experience of that I've gathered from my friends and myself is that usually it gets to the point where you sort of might be getting intimate with a man or you know a woman but in my case it's a man and um we say oh she'll probably tell you I'm on my period and they go so and what I don't care I still want to have sex they don't care I think that that's a great attitude that they have I wonder whether some women worry when a guy goes, oh, I'm A-OK with that. No worries. Let's roll on forward. Because you think they don't realise. I think a lot of guys actually haven't seen the realities of uh, what a period can be for some women. They imagine... I don't know. I think some of them still imagine blue liquid, like (laughs) old always adverts and whatnot. Um, But I think some of them imagine a little trickle of normal red blood and they're not kind of taking into account that there are clots and blobs and uh, amorphous gelatinous Mm. masses sometimes. And I think a lot of women are like, oh, no, this is a a lot more textural than (laughs) you might imagine. And there's a big difference about where you are on your, your period yes because I have had sex on my period but only like probably on the last day yeah. when actually it wasn't messy at all 
whereas I, I, I don't think I would feel comfortable having it when you're on your really heavy days. Yeah, because also on those days, I think you also have a lot more physical symptoms aside from the bleeding, like your breasts might be much more sore yeah. and you might be feeling just a bit more bloated and uncomfortable and not very sexy. You might just not want to have sex in those first few days. But I think the general consensus with me and my friends is that towards the end, when it's a bit lighter, it doesn't really matter. A lot of my friends in long-term relationships where they're obviously very, very comfortable with their partners, they're now just like, oh, fuck it, put a towel down, just make a mess and do it. But I think it, maybe it's different when you're in a, in a newer relationship with mm. someone. There, there are forms of protection that you can use if you're a really heavy bleeder and, and it's just, it's going to be, I was going to say a pain in the ass, but that suggests <laughs> I do not know basic biology. If it, you know, if the cleanup is going to be a real pest and it, it, you just think it's going, it's all going to look a bit carry, mm. uh, you can get sponge tampons that kind of like heart shape and you, you pinch the, the two bulbous bits of the heart and pop it up yourself mm. and then it expands next to your cervix where the, the blood right. is coming from and absorbs it but because they're soft you can then have penetrative sex and if the if the dick bumps into the sponge tampon then it's it's nice and cozy and, and yeah i was reading about this the other day i didn't realize that that was a thing i don't think that's very widely advertised that's really interesting so these are essentially condoms designed for the, no, I'm sorry not condoms not condoms tampons designed, tampons for, designed for having sex on your period yeah. yeah they're used by a lot of sex workers uh, as are little bits of natural sponge although um, I would want to read some studies just checking whether that was a safe thing to put in your body Mm. the problem is they're quite expensive there are a couple of new products on the market as well that are they're called menstrual discs yeah that's the one I read I think it's a company called like the flex Flex. company yeah Yeah, and it holds like six teaspoons of blood or something sort of works a bit like a menstrual cup but obviously is higher up near the cervix that's right and it's flatter than a menstrual cup so that again if, mm. if it gets poked by a peen, it's not a problem. <laughs> I tried Flex. I was surprised that I could get them in because they, they're quite big. They oh, look like really? saucers for a doll's tea hat, tea, tea set. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you kind of, again, you pinch them and pop them in. I was amazed that I couldn't feel it. I wasn't sure it was in the right place. It also felt like a lot of plastic for a disposable item. Mm. There is one on the market, I think, that you can disinfect and reuse in a, in a way like you would um, a, a, a diaphragm. Mm. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. But the way it's being marketed is... Uh, very much suggesting that period sex is squicky and disgusting and that we should all mm. try and make it as clean and as as shame-free as possible. And that's a shame because I think the product sounds good. Yeah. But the but campaign is um, bloody awful. Bloody awful, <laughs> literally bloody. Well, not bloody. Anyway, I think it's really interesting. It's the whole, is there a stigma? Is there still a taboo? I actually, um, I adore this TV show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And um, she has this song in it all about period sex. And it's just brilliant. It makes me laugh so much. There's like, she goes, she's kind of taking the piss. And she goes like, if you're grossed out, let's just pretend it's another kind of lube. Or like, she's, she's, she's taking the piss out of how, it be whether it's a big deal or not but I actually think that by singing about it and putting it on this TV show she's normalising it Mm. and that's the thing it does need to be normalised because there are also actually a lot of benefits to having sex on your period from a woman's perspective apparently having an orgasm can alleviate symptoms of PMS it can alleviate menstrual cramps really it does for some women there are some studies yeah Yeah. there are some studies that suggest that the the waves of muscle contraction that happen Mm -hmm. during an orgasm can help the uh, to slough off the 
uterine lining and, and actually make your period a little bit shorter yeah and of course you produce loads of endorphins when you're being sexually pleasured or when you're hitting a climax so that can help relieve pain temporarily at least but I also think it's really important to respect the fact that for some women they don't feel like having penetrative sex at that time um it, it's brilliant to promote period sex as a, as a fine thing to do if you're both if if, if everyone's into mm. it but i i'm not sure i like this narrative that i've seen in some places that kind of suggests that you're a bit more beyonce mm. and yeah. a bit more of an empowered woman if you're having sex even on your period you should do what you want when Completely. you want yeah you know? and do exactly what you feel comfortable and what you feel works for your body and also don't let a guy make you feel like oh if you're on your period and you're not have sex and you have to give him a oral sex or anal sex yeah like mm. if you don't want to exactly don't i was wondering do you think period sex carries that same stigma then in female same-sex couples do you think it carries the same because obviously you're both women you're both women you're both, both gonna menstruate periods. at different times mm. you know do you think that it carries the same attitude or do you think it's because of that kind of um i suppose the the connection that you have there and the, the similar experience, it wouldn't be a big deal. I'd like to speak to some women who, so who would sleep I. with women uh, to get their opinions on that. But um, uh, yeah, yeah listeners, really if you want to share your stories, please do get in touch. We'd be really interested to hear. In connection to that, though, women who sleep with women are often underrepresented when it comes to uh, sexual health. Uh, I've spoken to lots of people who identify as bi or queer or, or lesbian or somewhere on that spectrum that mean they're lasses having fun with other lasses uh, who've told me that um, their GPs have told them that they don't need cervical smears or uh, they have um, not been given access to things like dental dams or uh, they've been refused condoms, which they're What's using a on dental sex dam? toys. Uh, it's a, a thin square of latex. If you can't get hold of one, you can make one by chopping a condom in half. Oh. And you lay it on the outside of somebody's labia uh, huh. over the vaginal opening, and then you can lick through it or feel oh, I through see. it. Uh, and it presents, it, it uh, protects you against the transmission of certain STIs. Oh. Which actually, did you know that it is easier to catch an STI when you're on your period because your really? cervix is more open and it sits slightly lower down in really? your body. And of course, there's more, there's more uh, bodily fluids going on as well. Which is, is why it's important we chat about these this things. This is stuff that we should know about. And also, Rachel and I were talking earlier, there is this myth that having sex on your period means you're less likely to get pregnant. <laughs> well, that's what I thought as well, because ovulation... We literally discussed this and I was like, what are you talking about? You can't get pregnant on your period. Can you? You can. No, you absolutely can. <laughs> Sperm can live inside the body for up to around five days. Exactly. So depending on what point in your uh, you tend to ovulate, um, then you might release an egg around. You know, if, if you have sex at the end of your period, when it's a bit lighter, uh, and then you release an egg a, a few days later, and women's cycles aren't always... Um, they're not always bang on time. So even if you're someone who's aware of when they ovulate, it, usually you might pop a little a little uh eggy out a little bit early and find yourself with a wonderful parcel nine months later what if you had sex unprotected sex just before your period it, it depends on a woman's individual cycle for sure there are times in the cycle where it is safer to have sex if you don't want to have 
Because uh, like that app that just like tells you when your fertile days. There's are. a few of them. Yeah. I, I imagine you're talking about natural cycles. Yes. Yeah. Now apps like Natural Cycles um, have become increasingly popular recently. There's mm. another one called Daisy, which also comes with a gadget that takes your temperature every morning because you have to know your basal temperature in order for these apps to work um, to their optimum level. Um, they're really popular at the moment because lots of women are questioning the effects of hormonal contraception. Um, there's been some research that's suggested there may be a correlation with depression, although it's quite difficult to untangle what's cause and effect there. It's a complicated topic. Yeah. It's difficult mm. to draw clear conclusions about. Uh, and hormonal contraception also can have some benefits. It protects against certain forms of cancer, for example. It makes it tends to make periods lighter for some folks. So there's pros and cons. And I would also always say chat to your GP. Natural cycles have uh, when they early on they um made some big claims statistically about how effective their apps were mm. and sort of said that they were comparable to perfect use of the contraceptive pill um for a start that depends on people using this app perfectly mm. and we know that most folks don't use any form of contraceptive that requires uh, them to interact with it like taking a pill yeah. or or using an app perfectly um a friend of mine used daisy because she was actually trying to conceive so she wanted to know when she was ovulating and that required her to take a temperature at, at a set time every morning before she'd even gone for a wee now wow. uh, i don't have that many girlfriends who uh would have that self-discipline to be honest no. um and a little while ago i met uh, two amazing authors who've just written a book called the wonder down under users yes to the I this book. Yeah. yeah they're norwegian and they let me know that actually um there's been a real furore in their country about natural cycles because it's been shown that that high percentage of success rate um, actually may be misleading. And several mm. young women who've fallen pregnant whilst yeah, using that app are trying to sue the company. So it's it, it can be really good. Natural family planning methods and and. Uh, knowing about your cycle is a cool thing to know anyway, but I would just, I would just caution any woman who is considering that to really thoroughly do their homework and be honest with themselves about mm. their lifestyle. Uh, I would never personally recommend that kind of thing to anyone for whom becoming pregnant accidentally would be absolutely devastating. Mm. Totally. I think that's good advice. I agree. But then again, I work for a condom company. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always going to say wrap it up before you slap it up. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so today, because we have so much good sexy chat that we want to discuss, we're not going to do a dating disaster or a dating dilemma, just because we've got so much good stuff to chat about and we want to make the most of having Alex here. You just didn't want to upset me by talking about di- dating dilemmas and making me muse upon my own tragic <laughs> No, honestly, the, our story is usually more funny than upsetting. Um, but we do appreciate you sending them in and they will be back next week. Okay, so the next main topic of discussion is first-time sex etiquette. So we're talking about when you have sex with a new partner for the first time. Okay, so do you guys do any sort of prep? Yes. Okay. That And Alex nodded. <laughs> I do. Um, I also make a point of trying not to do this prep if I'm trying to bolster my commitment to not sleeping with someone. Oh my gosh. Do you know what (laughs) me and my flatmates have done so many times? We're like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy tonight, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, but I haven't got a wax and I've got hairy legs and all this, that and the other. So I definitely won't sleep with him. Obviously, you then do. And then you're just like, oh, I should have got, I wish I'd got a wax now. (laughs) If I am trying not to sleep with somebody, then I will leave the leave the foof looking like some kind of terrifying yeti that's been in a fight <laughs> and i also don't hoover my room and because this is radio oh, yeah. uh listeners won't be able to see but i have neon yellow hair it's, it's very a, bright and i have a black carpet so i i shed <laughs> a lot i was talking about my actual bedroom there not my <laughs> not my flump <laughs> Good <Yeah. to> clarify. <laughs> that, that's a magic carpet guys um but yeah i don't i don't hoover my room if i'm uh, and i know the embarrassment of all my follicles scattered over the floor do you know that even that interrupted a sex dream for me recently i was managing to have a really hot wet dream (laughs) about a really hot guy and in my dream my my subconscious self went but you've not got the dyson out he's going to see the hair on the floor and he'll be so distracted (laughs) (laughs) of course that would never happen no but i'm always like that i'm like I, i mean i've got like you know it's like a, a more natural hair colour, but I'm still very much like, oh, I've got hairballs all over the carpet. I haven't dusted. I couldn't bring anyone back. But obviously, you know, when it gets to a point that you've probably had a few drinks, you suddenly like don't seem to care a bit less about the fact that you haven't hoovered either your metal, you know, your your personal carpet or your bedroom carpet. When you're in the moment, none of that stuff matters. I know. I know. I and, you, and you hype yourself up so much about it ahead of time. You're like, shave your legs, moisturize. Oh your my legs, god, moisturize your arms. Well, spray honestly, perfume on every honestly, part of your body. There's like the the prep that I I'm I'm not ashamed to say I will do a shitload of prep before a date if I think I'm going to have sex with a guy. I will like shave all everything, get a wax, and I get a wax because actually I feel sexier with a wax. I'm glad um, you said that because I think um, pubic hair has been made into such a feminist issue and I am absolutely a feminist mm-hmm. and fervently so when required to be. Um, but I enjoy the feeling of uh, removing some of my pubic hair 
Full disclosure, mine is currently shaved into the shape of a fox's head because I also am very wow. on brand. <laughs> I love that. But I like the ritual of getting ready if I think I might get laid. I, you know how uh, Olympic swimmers shave off all their body mm. hair before a big mm-hmm. race? For me, it's about getting in the zone. I want to be streamlined and slick and I'm yeah. going to blow their minds yeah. with the fact that I am, you know, like a... An ice rink covered in baby yeah. oil. And I think I aside like from the whole preparing, like a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. aside from the whole preparing for the fact that you might have sex, it just boosts your confidence. Yeah. And you just feel sexier. Yeah, completely. It's like sometimes I'm like, you know, like you do all this and then like, I don't know, like I like put on all my best makeup and I'll curl my hair and I'll do all this stuff. And then obviously then if like, wh- whether you sleep with the guy or not, if then afterwards it fizzles into nothing, you're like, oh, that was a waste of makeup and that was a waste of time. But it wasn't because it's for what you want to do at the time. I totally respect people who don't want to do all that though as well completely I have gone on some dates if I'm feeling kind of rebellious or I'm just CBA or or I'm I'm, you know I'm just having I'm having a more slouchy day I have uh, purposely rocked up on dates looking a bit kind of I guess messy and relaxed Mm. and I think it's a quite a good test of whether a guy will take you in whatever form you have to be happen to be on that day so the next interesting thing is whose place do you go to? Now, I will pretty much always try and make it so that I go to the guy's house. But this is because Me too. I like to leave. Same. That's and why. if they come to my house, I can't be like, leave now. Because <laughs> I'm like not someone who wants to like, snuggle and sleep over. Because I'm actually like a very high maintenance sleeper. And I'm like, I can't sleep if there's some dude lying there. And men always fall asleep so quickly. And then they're just snoring. And I'm just lying there like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not sleeping tonight, am I? find it very annoying <laughs> so I like to leave <laughs> I like to go to other people's houses because I'm nosy and I want to see what's in their bathroom cabinet Does say a lot and about see them. how they live but I'm quite um I'm quite territorial about my own personal space so am having I. someone and in I've, your bedroom yeah. Yeah. and I often yeah. find that I feel more liberated in someone else's home because it's mm. uncharted territory Right, and you're not bringing someone into your own environment. And as well, if ever I invite someone over, I feel like I have to really be the hostess. I'm yeah. like, would I like a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> like, can I offer you some snacks? Should I bake a cake? <laughs> I like some pre-burning pudding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like to be a good hostess. Sex and pudding. What a combo. Sounds great. Dream. To be honest with you. <laughs> um, do you think it's possible to have amazing sex with someone if it's the first time you're having sex with them? I think it, you can if there's real chemistry, but I think. The emphasis people place on that first time sex being completely reflective of how good the potential relationship might be is way, way over Um, Often first time sex is clumsy and bumbly and uh, uh, maybe a bit pissed because you've given yourself a bit of Dutch courage and whatnot. Um, Yeah. I should mention here, make sure that you are, everyone's sober enough to fully consent and take care of each other. but now I, I really, I think it's, if you've had a first time sexual experience with someone that's maybe not really been the best, you know, if it was really awful and traumatic, then obviously don't go back there. But if it was just a bit naff because you didn't know each other's bodies and you're still learning, give it a second go. Mm. And, and I'm always nervous, which I think doesn't help, to be honest. It's always going to be a bit fumbly with someone for the first time. You're right. You need to learn how each other's bodies respond to each other and learn what each other's preferences are. And that's often something that people ask, I think. 
which I think is important. Yeah. In, do, if you have the courage. To do you guys think um, when it comes to foreplay, does it necessarily have to be like a give and take situation? So like, oh, well, if he does this to you, you have to do the equivalent to him or vi- you know, vice versa. I think that's a problematic expectation. Yeah, same. It is, it's, it's a tricky dicky one, that one, isn't <laughs> it? Because uh, you, want to ex- you want to make sure that a sexual experience is a mutually pleasurable, yeah. Uh, yeah. shared uh, enterprise. I mean, <laughs> I'm making it sound like a startup. <laughs> Invest in my sex. Um, You'll get great returns. <laughs> but I think if doing it sort of like a, a I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Mm. I mean, if you're into back scratching, then fine. But kind of keeping score like that. So literally as well, going, well, I will give you oral, but only if you give me oral, can end up being a bit of a distraction. Um, That said, if someone is uh, fine with you performing a particular sex act on them, but then balks at the idea of uh, of reciprocating, then that's that's potentially an issue. Mm, I think that's a bit of a red flag. Particularly in the first time, but I think also only do something, only do what you're comfortable with. Mm. Like, you, I feel like you very much don't have to feel like, ah, oh, okay, he went down on me, so now I have to give him oral sex as well. Like, if you really don't, if you don't want to, but it's about what people feel comfortable doing. Exactly, like you said, like some guys might absolutely love going down on girls, but the girl might not necessarily like giving a blowjob, and vice versa. I'm gonna say I actually love giving blowjobs. <laughs> How are you single? I I enjoy if somebody, if I have a connection with somebody where they see me as really sexual, I enjoy the performative aspect of sort of showing off a bit, I guess. And and I, 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 I quite... I enjoy getting that up close and personal with someone's dangly bits as well. Like, and really, I, I don't know, weird, I, I really it? get off on it. I, do you, <laughs> when guys know what you do, oh man, do you feel pressure to be like a sex goddess? Three things happen when guys uh, find out that I work as a sex educator or they've listened to one of my shows or, yeah. or whatnot. Um, and as I said earlier, I'm I'm single. I've, I've been on a few dates with someone recently, but uh, you know, nothing nothing is set in stone. Um, three one of one of a trio of of possible scenarios tends to crop up. Number one, they are absolutely shit scared. They don't want to touch me with someone else's barge pole. Never mind their barge pole <laughs> because they think I'm going to call them out and give you know do some kind of review or assessment live on air. And whilst I do sometimes refer to my past sexual experiences, I would never do so in a way that ma- made it identifiable as yeah. to who I'd been with. And I talk about all sorts of people's experiences too. I don't just solely mm-hmm. talk about mine, but a lot of people think find it quite threatening and frightening, and mm. they. They worry that they're they're not going to be able to um, do everything right, and I'll judge them on it, which um, I hope I'm less judgmental because of my job. But then option number two is the opposite. They think I am some sexual genie there to fulfil their wishes mm. and rub on their lamp and other parts, <laughs> and that I will psychically, like a like a majestic, sexy, mystic Meg, know all of their deepest fantasies and kinks, even though they've never told anyone before, and that I'll sleep with them in in. 5.4 nanoseconds and make them <laughs> orgasm 54,000 and a half times. Uh, and I, I don't know, I feel the pressure. But you know what? Number three was the real surprise. And it happens so often. I'll go out on one or two dates with a guy. 
I think it's going really well, that it's promising, that maybe it's, you know, maybe might get a little physical soon. They're quite flirty. Then they will drop the bomb, <gasps> which is... So, in my past relationship, I really had X problem and I'd really love to get my old girlfriend back. So, <gasps> could you help me solve this? And they just want me to be a free no counselor. Yeah, they want You free... are kidding. That has happened four times in the last year. Yeah. Do you know what? That is outrageous. But I always get this like weird thing if I'm dating a guy who's like started his own company or something and I'm like, "Do you secretly just want me to write a feature on yeah, you or something?" Yeah, you just want press. Would yeah. you like some PR? <laughs> exactly. God, that's shocking. It's really crushing, I'll be honest, especially if I have misread their interest and oh, I think they're into sucks. me rather than the service they feel I can that provide. Sucks. It's nice that they trust me, um, but I'm there thinking I'm being wined and dined because I have a personal interest in romancing me. They think that they are investing in a friendship which will have the benefit of helping them get their ex-girlfriend back. That's so sad. Tiny violins. Well, you know, I guess it's like they say, got to go through all the frogs before you get the prince. Maybe I want to date a frog. <laughs> that might be my weird kink. I'm not sure. I saw um, The Shape of Water recently and got massively turned on by the sea monster and that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm just looking for the wrong species. Plenty more sea monsters in the sea. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Oh, that was a good that was a good one to end on. Thank you, Rachel. Alas, we do have to end now, which is such a shame. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes because this helps other people discover the podcast. And do you have a dating disaster or dilemma? We love hearing these and we will read some more out again in the upcoming episodes. So please do get in touch. You can email us at millennial.love at independent.co.uk or tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey and at Olivia Petter One. You can also contact us by joining our Facebook group. This is where we're discussing topics from the podcast, news from the dating world in general and also asking you guys questions. We'd love to hear your feedback. So to join, please just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennial love. That's millennial dot love. That's millennial dot love. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. If uh, if listeners would like to hear more of my wafflings and witterings. Or yes, about where can they find you? Uh, you can tune in every week on the Modern Man podcast. That's M-A-N-N, two N's, dot co dot UK. Um, it's named after the, the main host who's called Ollie Man. And I do a section on the end called The Foxhole where I answer people's sexual queries. So if you want a question for me, uh, you can hit feedback on the website and you can remain anonymous if you want. I'm also all over Twitter uh, at Alex Fox. It's A-L-I-X, one I, like Cyclops, and then Fox, like the animal that rifles through your bins. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Thank you so well, much Well, it has been us. enlightening has. and so much fun. And we hope you'll all tune in again next week. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.